welcome to Good People, Cool Things, the podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. I'm your host, Joey Held, and today's guest is Tamika Bickham, founder of TV Media Group. Tamika is a fellow Miami Hurricane, it's all about the you, and has a delightful story of accidentally launching her own business. It's still going strong, and Tamika has learned plenty along the way, which she kindly shares throughout this episode. We chat about how she started TV Media Group, the most surprising parts of running a company, and why storytelling is essential in any profession. Let's dive on in. We both come from that storytelling and journalism backgrounds, and I feel like we always need to feed that creative side. Exactly, exactly, or else we go crazy. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know if you find it the same, like, um, coming from a journalism background. I, well, I guess I should ask you. I mean, I'm over here at the one asking the questions now. But um, yes, you're running this interview now. How do you, how, <laughs> I mean, this is what this is what I do, right? Like, I interview <laughs> people. Um, but how do you find it now, um, coming from you know more of a traditional? I at least that's how we were trained, right? Traditional journalism background. I feel like so many of us end up in the digital social space. Um, how are you liking it? Uh, I. I think overall I'm liking it. There's definitely some elements that I think are lacking in the digital. Like I think you have to generally, well, it, de- it depends. For, for some of the clients I work with, it's like, you know, they're very social focused where it's like, hey, you, you kind of have to tell this message in like 15 seconds. And in those cases, I'm like, well, sometimes it makes more sense, like dive deeper into a story and you know, you might have to sacrifice like as much detail as you'd want to put in there just to have a, a quicker, more like eye-catching thing. Um, but right. I think there's there's definitely some cool opportunities just as far as like the different platforms that are out there. I mean, don't even get me started on TikTok. That's its own thing. But like um, mm-hmm. just with like the level of um, like social listening and all that like ancillary data that you can use, I think can be super interesting in how you shape a story. Right. Totally agree. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's just a natural progression because the way that we tell stories and like the platforms that we have to tell them on has changed since we've even been in school and, you know, we were learning the art form of storytelling. So it's just changing so fast and we have to adapt it. You know, at the end of the day, we are all of us who have businesses or even just as individuals, we all are extensions of the media in some capacity. Um, So we all, I think, have to think about how we are creating content. Um, So I think that that's fun. Absolutely. Is that a good segue into into TV media? (laughs) Did you see how I set that up there? Yes, that's perfect. (laughs) I think that's a good segue. Excellent. So give me the elevator pitch. Imagine that we haven't spoken in years, not based on a true story, um, and you're catching (laughs) me up on on life and what you've done. How, How did the TV media group get started? What was the impetus for it? Tell me everything. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, how we got started. I mean, this was definitely never part of the plan. I can tell you that. Um, but that's okay. I, I feel like a lot of us end up becoming accidental business owners. And sometimes that's 
more fun. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, I was working in local TV news for about four to five years, so not very long, still pretty early in my career. Um, and I was, you know, back here in South Florida as a local TV reporter, decided I wanted to get out of the business, love storytelling, um, you know, love connecting with audiences, but I just couldn't take constantly reporting on negative news. And I wanted to do something a little more positive and feeling like I just had more of an impact in a positive way in the community. So um, from there, I went into nonprofit arts, but in 2014, 2015, you're starting to now hear these buzzwords like brand journalism and content marketing as social media is uh, kind of blowing up and brands are taking a um, more notice and how they should use it in their marketing strategies. So I went to go work for the local uh, symphony, the New World Symphony, and pretty much went in-house as their in-house journalist. So creating video content for them and uh, blog content for the website, social media content, email newsletters. Uh, so it was, my business was kind of born out of that. I was working one day for the New World Symphony. I was at an event shooting and shooting video. And um, I met my first client and they came up to me. They said, hey, we need a video. And it was um, actually someone from the communications department um, at a local city in Broward County. And um, they needed a video for a project that they were doing. So I said, sure, why not? I can do that. <laughs> Um, so I literally went on to sunbiz.org and created my LLC and created a business account. And I said, sure, here, I'll do it. I'm, I'm a business now. And I only created my business because that client asked me to do a video for them. Little did I know, four years later, I would be here um, doing this full time. So back then it was just, I say back then like that's a long time ago, <laughs> not that long ago. Um, December I mean, that's a, is what I <laughs> That's a decade ago. Or, I mean, that's last decade at least. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> December of 2015 is when I incorporated. But um, yeah, at that time I was still working full time and I even went on to take another job. And little by little I got other clients. Um, and, but I would usually only work with a client at a time, not to overwhelm myself. I did some freelance on-camera work, um, but primarily was doing full-service video production focused on storytelling, um, you know, in a journalistic way, which is my background for nonprofits and for um, local government. So fast forward to, what was it now, 2018, I was working for the city of Miramar in Broward County, handling all their marketing and communications, um, still working on the side with clients, and they ended up eliminating my position. So, um, yeah, that came as kind of a surprise. Um, I had a little bit of a heads up, but I was kind of at this point of like, okay, you know, I have a somewhat established client base. Um, four or five clients at that time that I was working with. Definitely not enough to pay the bills. Um, <laughs> so do I go ahead and do this? Do I take another job? Um, and I actually had a couple other job interviews and neither, none of them came through. 
And I just felt like it was kind of the universe showing me which direction I should go in. So that's really how uh, full-time TV media group came <laughs> to be, which wasn't even a year and a half ago at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, again, we started video production. I knew I have a love for storytelling, helping my clients do a better job of telling their stories, communicate their stories. Um, but at that point, it started to, once I went full time with it, started to morph into um, just content creation and storytelling in general. So that includes video content, but also, you know, copywriting, blogging for clients um, and social media content. So the digital marketing aspect of things and in addition to the, the video production side of things. So that's really what we do now and have grown a lot in the last year and a half or so um, and having a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> that's good. That's, uh, that's better than growing and having a miserable time. <laughs> Just gnashing your I teeth mean, every day. You have your miserable moments. <laughs> <laughs> that's inevitable, but... I've definitely learned to embrace the process and enjoy like the suck more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's all part of it. It's all part of the journey. And I think sometimes you're so anxious to get to the other side and the side where it's like, Oh, everything's great. I have all these clients and making all this money. We're getting amazing results and we're doing such awesome work. Um, But you know, there's always going to be hard times and struggles uh, along the journey. And um I think we don't take the time to really just kind of be in that and enjoy that part of it too, because there's a moment when you overcome those struggles and you get better and smarter and learn more. So I'm having fun going through that learning and growing process because over the last couple of months, I had a period where I, I don't know what happened, but in like two months, I tripled my clients. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it was, it, it was crazy. I was, um, I wasn't sure how I was going to handle it all, but it was all, they were all good problems to have. So that was when I was like, okay, I need to really focus on growing a team, coming up with more structure here, structuring the business so that we have a process to streamline things. And I have support to do this um, because I do know that I want to scale and grow. So uh, that's kind of the stage that I've been at. And that's really a fun place to be, um, you know, when you're growing the business side and growing a team and uh, finding awesome people you can work with and rely on who are better at doing these things than you are and you can learn from as well. So I love that. I'm having fun with that and focusing more on business development and um, just, you know, kind of focusing on the direction I want to take the company in. So, Awesome. And I think that's a, a part of running a business that can often get overlooked. Like a lot of times people will have an idea or sometimes have someone come up to them and be like, hey, do this for me. And then you're like, boom, business, as, as in your case. Um, but can you talk a little more <laughs> about the business development side of things and sort of what processes and uh, resources and tools that you found most helpful as you're scaling up your business? Oh, yeah. Um, You know, I definitely, I just, I started tapping into different things online. Um, You know, there are certain things, as I'm sure you know, in a marketing field, when you're working with clients and timelines and 
timelines, deadlines, revisions, reviews. Um, you're dependent on the client delivering things and getting back to you in a timely manner. Um, and there's a lot of things that can really backlog uh, your production. So I was running into a lot of that. Uh, so, and it, it was negatively impacting just how much more business I could take on or our productivity as a team. So I really just kind of took to Google <laughs> and started <laughs> looking for other people who have successful agencies, definitely are at a place where I see myself going and looking for people with resources. So I actually came across someone um, named Jason Swank. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he has a, a really awesome podcast, um, awesome library of resources on his website. And it's all about how to grow and scale your agency and putting, you know, having clarity and, um, you know, your mission, vision and what direction you're going, but building a team and also having processes in place to um, handle clients, um, develop the team and all of that. And there were just certain key things that I started to learn by listening to his podcast and also investing in some of his um, resources that were a game changer for me. And I've, I've executed a lot of those things um, from the team perspective, one of them being um, hiring a project manager to really handle kinds of day-to-day, -day, um, handle um, kind of managing the freelancers, handle client management, which were the things that were bogging me down and preventing me from working on the business development side. Um, and part of business is always keeping like that sales pipeline full. And if you're just so focused on the work, and I still love the work and still do the work for sure, but I can't have, you know, I can't spend all of my time doing that because now I'm not keeping the pipeline full because inevitably, you know, clients leave, clients, you know, come and go. So if you're not constantly working on keeping that full and, you know, signing new clients, you're going to kind of have this up and down in revenue. So those are a lot of the things that I learned from him, just kind of tapping into other agency owners as an agency. It's kind of a, a different and unique model. So I've just looked into that. And that's been one of the main things. And then also uh, working with a colleague of mine on just clarity. Um, yeah, I guess you could call it business coaching. And um, I, I found that important be, as an important thing to invest in in 2020 as far as where am I going? Who do I want to market to? What type of clients do I want to work with? Because in the beginning, right, you're just saying yes to everything. <laughs> and I was getting involved in you know, when you're doing social and digital and video, your clients need SEO or your clients need websites. And I was getting too wrapped up in all these other things that were really not at the core of who I am and what I like to do, which is telling stories, working on messaging and creating content. Um, so I was like, okay, let's get rid of all that. I'll have strategic partners I can refer that work to, focus on what I like. And now kind of what segments or what industries do I really connect with personally um, and from a business perspective and focus on marketing to them. So that's kind of where I'm at now. So you talked a little bit about how you love telling stories, which naturally, as we both have journalism backgrounds, that's a key part of, of really any good story is being able to kind of find that 
message and what you want to tell. And we have been talking beforehand. I don't know if I had hit record, so maybe this will show up on the podcast earlier. Um, but uh, how the changing media landscape and the focus on digital and social and how that has changed or impacted uh, the way that you tell stories. And can you talk a little bit about both how that traditional journalism background still plays a part in the stories you're telling, but maybe there's a little bit more of a sort of digital slant to it now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, what I love is like when I meet those clients or potential clients who are like, I want to work with you because you have a journalism background. Um, and that's who I'm looking to work with because we still have to tell stories. Digital is different. Whereas we don't have as much time and it, we have to keep things shorter and to the point. But at the end of the day, I heard somebody say once, and I wish I could remember who it is, um, but they said social media is like networking at scale, which is so true. Like if you think about it and you're going to a networking event to hopefully, you know, meet some potential clients, you're not going to just say, hi, my name is Tamika Bickham. My company is TV Media Group. Do you want us to do your social media for you? <laughs> like, it doesn't work like that. And so many people approach social media, digital marketing, and storytelling online that way. You have to build a relationship. You know, you're at a market. Think about when you're at a networking event and you introduce yourself to somebody. You ask them questions about them. You know, who they are, where they're from, their family, what they do what they like to do for fun. Okay, so then after that, maybe we'll grab coffee, catch up, get to know each other a little bit more. And it goes from there. I mean, I think you have to approach social media, digital marketing in a similar way as far as you're telling a story, but you're building a connection. And so many people forget that when they're just selling in 15 second videos or, you know, in short pieces of copy. Now, you know, that all has a purpose, but there still has to be some thought behind what is the story of who I am, what I'm offering, what makes us different and unique, and why people would want to work with us. At the end of the day, we're all humans, we're all people, we all want authenticity and connection. So, it, I mean, in order to get that, we have to build trust with the audience, and we do that by telling stories. So when I work with clients, I mean, the first thing we do is we sit down and we just talk. I kind of interview them as a journalist. Like, that's what I bring from my background. Because if I just sit there, and I've done this before, I've asked the client, so tell me what's your story? Like, what can we work on as far as drafting a narrative for you? And one of my very first clients told me, our story is, are these nine areas of service? And I was like, okay. Let's try that again. <laughs> because that's not your story, right? It's not like we're not here just to sell what you do, not to sell your products and services. We're here to sell you as a person because people buy people. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, just our, my journalism background, I approach it that way. I interview my clients because most of the time they don't know their own stories. And I can pull out the information when I sit down and interview them. And then, you know, from the organic side of things, if we're creating blogs and social media content, we're taking that story and we're drafting the narrative and looking at who their audience is and making sure we're tailoring that content to what that audience wants to hear and we're not selling. So, yes, I mean, we definitely have to shift how we tell stories 
for the digital space. But, you know, we had mentioned earlier, we're all in a way an extension of the media. I think where in the past people pitched media um, in order to get their story out there, but we all have to create content now um, because we have our own media channel. You know, we have a website, we have social media, we have a YouTube or a podcast or, you know, video content that we're putting out there. It's so important we know how to tell a story and build a connection. Um, and so that's, I think, where our journalism backgrounds really come in and are an added benefit because really so many people are not good at doing it or at the very least, they're not good at doing it for themselves. Absolutely. And I, I really enjoy the uh, getting that connection piece. And I'm glad you mentioned that several times. I've found personally for my freelancing career that a lot of the uh, folks that end up being clients are people I just met like, you know, in happenstance and just have, we have that natural curiosity to want to learn about other people and learn about their stories. And I remember meeting someone at a, a South by Southwest event here in Austin, whole city shuts down. It's uh-huh. delightful. Uh, traffic is miserable, <laughs> but um, I was at, I was walking by uh, this was a little east of downtown, but it, you know, it kind of takes over that whole area. So there's lots of things just going on. And I was walking by uh, like a converted house that had become uh, sort of like an event space. And a company was just putting on this uh, sort of like, you know, breakfast with like live music kind of thing. And I was like, oh, this looks fun. I'll just pop in here <clears throat> and ended up chatting like just walking up to a table that had an open spot to stand at and just started chatting with the people there. And one of them, uh, a year and a half later, reached out to me and was like, hey, you know, I work for uh, this company and we're looking for some content for our new site that we're starting. And I remembered you had said that you're a writer uh, and, you know, are you interested? And I was like, yes. I'm like, what a great, you know, what great memory on your part. Um, Exactly. and that wouldn't happen if you don't build that connection. That. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to have that connection and, and that curiosity. Um, and right. I think, I think having the journalism background certainly serves us well in that regard. Absolutely. I mean, we should all think about how we're storytelling on a daily basis. Right. I mean, and it's like, I always say your, your story or your message should be the heart of your marketing strategy. Everybody always thinks tactics and, okay, I need to post on social media or I need a video or I need to get my website up, but haven't even thought about their content have they have, or, you know, the message that they're going to put on these channels. Like, what is their why? And it really has to start from there and that feeds all those other channels. Um, so I tend to find that people work in reverse and, and don't start with the story, the message first. So it's so important. I mean, even in just one-to-one, you know, even if you just take the digital side away or video or, you know, anything that you're doing online and you're just talking about meeting a person, networking with a person or doing a presentation in front of a group, you know, how do you get them interested? You tell a story about yourself, you know, you, people, you know, you ask them their story. So it's just that natural human curiosity and connection that we all I think we all craved. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. And 
I, w- I want to get back to uh, TV Media Group because you said you kind of accidentally stumbled upon this and are now in the growth mode. So I'd love to know what's the most surprising part about running a business? Oh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just one big learning process. Um, I don't know if I could say one, one surprising thing. I mean, there's definitely a lot. Probably, I mean, everybody talks about this, but I think you really don't realize until you're in it as far as just how quickly time escapes you, like how much (laughs) you have to juggle so many different things and you don't realize all of the other things that you need to do in the beginning, right? Like you get your first client and they're like, hey, create a video for me. And you're like, okay, awesome. Um, So you know, you shoot the video, you write a script, you edit a video, happy client, yay, okay. But now you're scaling, right? And you have clients and you have a team. So you need lawyers and you need contracts and you you need to invoice to make sure you get paid and you need to pay people and you need to have all of this documented and then you're accounting and then you need to market your business. Like there's just so many sides to having a business um, to manage and to keep up with. So that's probably the most overwhelming thing um, until you can start to get some things in place to help support you on that, whether it's administrative support or project management support, um, then you can kind of have your sanity back (laughs) because I know for a while I did not have my sanity. Yeah, it's it's a lot to juggle. I mean, you're you're always on. That's probably another thing you don't really realize it. Um, and I feel like people always say that, right? Like you never can turn the business off. I think that takes some personal discipline and training in order to, you know, just. I mean, we all need some free time. We all need some time to relax our minds <laughs> a little bit. Um, but not realizing how all-consuming having a business can be was probably another surprising thing. Um, but I think as time goes on, you, you learn how to, how to balance that and take a day off. Don't check the email maybe for a day. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I would just say that it, it's, it's time management and, and juggling pretty much being everything. And yeah, so, I mean, it's overwhelming for sure. Um, but I think kind of tapping into any resources, whether you have a, a mentor or, you know, there's somebody that you can find, whether it's online courses or, you know, how I found um, another former agency owner who specifically teaches other agency owners how to grow a business um, and scale a business. I mean, once you can invest in those kinds of resources, I think it's, it's so worth it. So you're not playing a guessing game. Right. Like in the beginning, you're like, okay, I think this is the right way to handle this problem. But you're not sure because if you're a first time business owner, these are all things you haven't encountered before. Um, So I I found that after kind of guessing on a few things and some things you get right, some things you get wrong, it's much uh, more helpful to just go ahead and pay for the answers. And I'm sure there's been many evenings where you're in bed and you're like, all right, time to go to sleep. And then something pops into your head like, wait a minute, (laughs) did I do this? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, so many evenings, right? Like, I'm just like, I'm going to 
just work through the night or I'm just going to sleep here on the couch or on the floor for two hours because I have to be back up again <laughs> to get all of this done. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a hustle and a grind, but it's the most rewarding thing that I've done. Well, that is wonderful to hear. It's all <laughs> worth it. All worth it in the end. Stick it out <laughs> to anyone who's thinking about it or is like, I'm at that point, I want to quit. Stick it out. It gets better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will reach the top of the mountain and it's wonderful. Exactly. I think as long as you stay true to who you are too, you know, as long as you stay true to doing things that you truly love, like you have to always think back to why you started um, and what it is you really get joy out of and you love to do. So I think if you stay true to that, because I think we all go through that, right? Like you, you may start for me, I started doing a video and I love that. I love video storytelling. That's probably my favorite thing to do in my business. Um, but then you have clients who ask you for something else and something else, and you get further and further away from why you started and really what you love. And maybe that's where some of that anxiousness or, you know, unhappiness can come from. So I think always kind of staying true to what you're really good at, what you know really well, and what you're passionate about, um, will keep you on course. I love it. We're going to turn that into a motivational poster. And then dish out to people. Oh, so like it can hang yeah. it up on the wall. Excellent. Oh, well, I, mean, I should be writing some of this down. <laughs> <laughs> we can quotes from my social. <laughs> exactly. Yes. We'll we'll we can transcribe this and turn them into very nice uh, quote graphics awesome. to share. Perfect. <laughs> and I think that that again, we're all about the segues here. I think that segues very nicely into the top three. Since we both love telling stories, I would like to hear, and, and you can, I guess, do either past clients or from the early uh, journalist days of your top three stories that you've gotten to tell. Okay. I love this question <laughs> <laughs> because this is, I mean, this is, this is the fun part. This is why we do what we do. Um, but that's definitely a hard question still, right? Because there's, I mean, there's so many stories. Sometimes in news, I mean, people wouldn't realize you'd do three, four stories a day. So um, sometimes I don't remember <laughs> a lot of them. But the ones that I do that really stand out, um, one of the first ones, it was the story I did in Montgomery, Alabama, which was my first TV market. Um, it was called Living in Poverty. It was actually a sweets piece. And... Um, so my news director, I think, I think he brought that story to me. Yeah, there was like a, an article in the paper that said one in three children in Alabama live in poverty, which is a staggering number. Um, so we wanted to do a profile on it. And I was like, the only way that this story will work is if we can actually show a family or a child or children who live in poverty. So that was that was a bit of a challenge to get that obviously because that's a very personal and difficult thing to share with a very public audience uh but we ended up finding a family and my strategy there was actually uh i just hung out at a soup kitchen for a few days and i just talked to people again like right like just building that connection building that trust uh so 
so that they would trust me enough to want to go on camera. So I ended up finding a family. It was a single mom with three children, so a family of four living on about eleven or twelve thousand dollars a year, where I believe at that time in maybe 2011, uh, the poverty line I think was something like twenty-two thousand a year, so far below the poverty line. And she opened up her doors and shared everything with us from how they have run out of food at the end of the month, um, how she, if they need milk or eggs, she has to walk six miles to a store to get it because uh, she didn't have a car. She paid one of her friends in town to drive her to the grocery store once a month to get the food that they needed for the month. Um, she had a daughter who was a senior in high school and she, this one month that we kind of, you know, showcased her life, she showed us how she saved $20 for her cap and gown uh, that she needed to purchase for graduation and uh, money for um, a prom dress from a consignment store. Um, a very inexpensive dress. You know, some of the things that we all take for granted, but just showing how they made it work, um, as they still strive to have somewhat of a normal life. And, uh, you know, even just living with gratitude, even being in that situation. Uh, but it was very eye-opening and it was a beautiful story. And um, it was really rewarding because when that story aired, Several people, I mean, I don't even know how many, ended up calling the station. There were people that knew her um, who ended up going to her house. They gave them clothes and food. Some people gave them money. I think I remember actually what which blew me away is that Auburn University at Montgomery um, actually called and offered a scholarship to her daughter, who was a senior in high school, to attend school. So there was just, I mean, that just shows the power of storytelling. Um, and that was eye-opening for me. And I think it was, you know, a positive experience for the family who told their story. So that was really rewarding. Um, that would definitely top my list. Let's see. Second story I would say is a story that I did. It was actually a series <laughs> at Channel 10, at WPLG uh, in South Florida, where I was a reporter from 2012 to 2014. So I don't know if you've ever worked that dreadful overnight shift or morning shift. I dabbled but in it. <laughs> I worked, <laughs> dabbled in it. <laughs> if you've dabbled, you don't dabble long, usually. <laughs> Those who do, I give them all the credit. Um, <laughs> But I worked, what, 3 a.m., so like noon or 1 p.m., whenever we got off. And I found myself in a situation where I was super unhappy. I had gained a lot of weight. Um, I just wasn't looking or feeling my best because I wasn't eating right. I wasn't sleeping right. I wasn't exercising. So I set myself this crazy goal to compete in a bodybuilding competition for the first time ever. And I was going to lose, like, 40, 45 pounds in order to get on stage. And I had about 18 weeks of training. So about halfway through, I was losing weight, feeling good. I was like, okay, I'm going to meet the deadline, the show that I wanted to do, which was another nine weeks from then. So I went to my news director. I just said, hey, I'm doing this thing, which means I'm going to get on stage in a bikini. Just want to make sure that's okay with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, in case some pictures pop up somewhere, there's no surprises. He's like, oh yeah, that's great. Let's do a story on it. And it ended up turning into a nine week series where every week I was doing a story on my weight loss journey, uh, but I would highlight different things like this is how I do the diet one week, or this is what my workout routine is like, or I did another story on the history of bodybuilding. So I turned it into something educational that I thought the viewers could take away with them. And even one week, I ended up turning the spotlight on the viewers and asking them to share their weight loss journey. So I actually featured some of them in the stories as well. So as a result, I had people who were coming to train with me and work out at the gym with my trainers, um, people who came to the competition in the end, which I ended up placing in the top five, by the way. Nice. <laughs> uh, but that was a really fun story because I think health and fitness have always been part of my personal journey. So to share that um, journey for me was was really fun. And I think it also inspired our viewers uh, to, you know, live their healthiest lives and work out and, and get in shape and also realize that, hey, there's not anything you can't achieve if you don't put your mind to it. So that was a lot of fun. And the third, let's see, I'm going to have to pull, pull a client story for this one. You know what, I'm going to actually go with my very first client, that one that came to me and said, hey, I need a video. And I said, okay, let me go create my LLC. <laughs> um, I did that, this story for the city of Sunrise, which is in Broward County here in Florida. Um, and they needed a story on a program that they were doing for high school students. They call it the Sunrise Leadership Academy, where high school students uh, it's like a group of high-achieving high school students who are interested in civic engagement. So each year they have kind of a different project that they're involved in. And that year, um, what was that, 2015-2016 time, they had a project where they paired high school students with senior citizens and had them teach senior citizens how to use the internet or how to use, you know, their Gmail, Facebook all social media, Skype and YouTube. It was so funny <laughs> to see them <laughs> go through this experience. But it was such a cool project because, you know, you have kids who are 16, 17, 18, and then you have these adults who are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, who really don't know social media, but they want to because they have grandchildren they want to keep in touch with. They want to keep up with on Facebook. They want to see them on Skype or on FaceTime. And the reason the city did this is because they saw that there was a gap as far as their population. They had a lot of their population, I don't know the exact numbers, that were senior citizens, and then a lot who were younger um, in that kind of high school age. So the ways that they were communicating to city residents needed to be different, right? So like the older generation kind of wanted the flyers and the paper. And the younger generation wanted to find out any city news and updates on social media. So they wanted to find a way to bridge the gap through a program. And that's what they did with this. But not only were the senior citizens learning from the kids about, hey, YouTube. <laughs> I mean, they were getting, one of the guys, he was getting on a dating website. Um, some of them were <laughs> applying for jobs. 
but, you know, these adults were teaching the kids about life and some of the challenges that come with life or getting old and their back hurts or they're getting arthritis. Um, and also just the desire to stay connected to their family as they grow up. So it was definitely a two-way learning process. And it was such a fun project to work on. So I, I would say those are my top three, all very different, but all rewarding. Those those all sound terrific in their own ways. Uh, and <laughs> I'm just picturing the, the last one and it sounds glorious. <laughs> oh my goodness. I will send it to you. It's hilarious. He's like, Excellent, yeah. I remember this one guy, he's like a, I think I got on plenty of fish. He's like, there was a lot of matches. <laughs> I'm like, go on with your bad self. <laughs> yes. Truly an inspiration for all of us. <laughs> exactly. You'll probably have the online dating figured out before I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, well, Tamika, this has just flown by. At least it, it has on my it end. Has. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was like pulling teeth on your end, but hopefully not. Hopefully you enjoyed it as well. Uh, no, if, it has. I, I hope it's helpful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, plenty. We've got motivational posters already on the way. I've contacted the printer. Uh, they've, uh, yeah. they've told me it's, they're on the way already. So we're looking forward to that. In the meantime, if people want to learn more about TV Media Group or find you online, how can they do it? Yeah, my website is tvmediagroup.com, where you can find me, connect with me on LinkedIn, Tamika Bickham, or Instagram, Tamika Bickham TV. So I would love to connect with you there. Lovely. And of course, astute listeners know that I always like to end every episode with a joke. So we'll do one that I just heard this morning. It's a brand new, I mean, it's probably a really old joke, but it's new to me and hopefully new to everyone listening as well. I used to be obsessed with uh -oh. the Hokey Pokey. Yeah, I used to be obsessed with the Hokey Pokey. Then I turned myself around. Okay. Get after it today, people. <laughs> <laughs>